0: Welcome to Broken Catholic, the number one Catholic voice in America. On this show, I talk about the important things that no one else is talking about, like why the world isn't working right now. The Protestant Reformation is over. Christians now have more commonalities than differences, yet evil is spreading and the enemy is winning because we're still fighting each other over self-righteous labels and high-level theology. If you disagree with me, then you're part of the problem. Listen. As Christians, we're all baptized into God's family. We all want heaven, and we all struggle with the same human brokenness. United we stand, divided we fall, it's that simple. I'm your host, your coach, your friend, Joseph Warren. I'm also a broken Catholic and former atheist who was almost murdered twice. But God spared me because he had a higher purpose for my life. My mission is to unify Christians everywhere. This show was created for you, the person who wants to be accepted and loved and reminded that God has a higher purpose for your life. Let's get started. Today, our featured guest is JT Tapias. And JT is a Jesus follower. That's what you need to know first and foremost. He's a devoted husband. He's a loving father and committed to helping others become their best. What does he do for work? I know you want to know this, Broken Catholic Nation, right? You want context. Uh, He's a licensed clinical pastoral counselor at Fit Method Four thirteen, And he's going to tell us uh, about how he named that company and mostly about what God has done in his life. And this is why I'm bringing him on the show, because this is a guy I see on my social media, he keeps popping up um, and putting out content where he's putting God into his business. And that's what I stand for, building faith into your business, not leaving God at the door, not leaving God at church on Sundays and then going into your work on Mondays with spiritual amnesia, but bringing God into your business as the center, the foundation of your business so that he can open up the doors and guide you to what he wants you to do within your business and use that that business as a vehicle, I believe, to bring souls back to him right? Because God, that's the business God is in, is bringing his family, his prodigal sons and daughters back home. So JT, welcome to the show. I went real light on that intro. Go ahead and fill in some of the gaps, would you?
1: Sure, sure. Thank you for having me. Well, its um, it's been an interesting journey. Um, at the age of 33, I was, uh, was out partying. I was chasing shiny things, um, drinking tons of alcohol. Uh, I had a very uh well it was it just addiction creeped up on me i didn't even know i was addicted um i thought it was uh you know it it was normal to go out on the weekends and and fade uh (laughs) into the night and um friday saturday and sundays i would destroy my body and then friday and monday through friday i had a, a a gym and so here i was being super incongruent you know preaching uh health and wellness monday through friday and then on the weekends, just destroying my body through alcohol, drugs, and uh, you know, a bunch of other crazy things.
0: Yeah, I really get that. You know, it's so interesting how uh, we show up inauthentically in our lives, right? It's like we say we believe all the things, right? We're not ahead at church. Yes, I believe that. I believe the Bible. And then we show up in our life completely the opposite. So thank you for going there for a second. So go ahead and share something personal about you that very few people in your business life actually know.
1: Yeah, so I, um, I actually, so I, I grew up in a third generation mafia family in Columbia. Uh, we came to the States in 1979, um, came with my sister, she was six, my mom was um, late 20s, she didn't speak the language, single mom trying to make ends meet. Uh, my mom sang professionally back home. Now, back home, my, my, my father was um, uh, a pr- pretty, pretty big guy in the, in the cartel. Mm. Uh, he was abusive to my mother. My mother ran away from him. That's why we ended up here in the States. And so when we came here, we didn't have a dime to our name. Mm. We lived in Jamaica, Queens. Uh, we had, uh, I remember we used to collect pennies to, to, to have Lipton soups. Um, And and so we got to that extreme of, you know, extreme poverty. My mom went back to singing. My mom sang professionally back in Colombia. And so when she came to the States, she found some of the Spanish nightclubs and started singing there. It was, um, for lack of better words, uh, the perfect storm. It was right around 1979, 1980. That era in the United States was called the Colombian Bonanza. Colombian Bonanza was when the cartels came to the United States and and just stormed the U.S. with cocaine, and so um, lots of drugs in the '80s, especially in, the, in New York, Miami, and so the nightclubs were this this place where all these guys would gather. My mom was young, pretty; uh, she was back from the you know from the, the, from Colombia, and so these guys automatically wanted to help. Or the way that they were helping her was basically making her part of the business. And so for a number of years we were um what they call in uh Colombia a uh, house. Our house was a caleta, which is basically a house bank, um, where tons and tons of cash were deposited uh, by one particular guy that my mom was working with. And so, you know, at any given point we could have anywhere from half a million to a million dollars in our house and twenties and you know, hundred dollar bills. And so um you know, it, it was a pretty, pretty dysfunctional way of growing up. The conversations that I had to listen into um, five years into the business, my mom um, was, a, was a pretty uh, trustworthy person. So she, she climbed that ladder uh, and then started uh, running her own, uh, you know, her, her own cruise. And, um, you know, 12 years, of, 12 years later, she was indicted by the state of New York, uh, southern state of Manhattan. She was going to go away for 25 years, and uh, you know, she wrote a letter to the judge. She said, "I, you know, I would, I would, uh, I would stay and pay for what I've done, but I have two kids, and I'm not going to leave them out here." Um, and and so she fled the country. She fled the country. Went back to Medellin, Colombia, where we're originally from. At that time, there was a crazy, crazy uh, war going on between the cartels. Um, there were four agencies chasing Pablo Escobar: uh, DEA, uh, the CIA. Interpol and the KGB from Russia, all these agencies behind one man. Um, the interesting thing about the story is that my, when you are when you're bowed into something like that, you can't simply say one day I'm done." So when we went back to Colombia, my mom automatically had to start working again working there. Um, so imagine all these agencies after the sky uh, and uh, you know, we got a letter one day saying that my mom was either going to collaborate. Or she had to, she, or she was going to die. Um, so there was a list, and my mom was number 17 on that list. If she didn't collaborate, she was, you know, she was going to die. So what she ended up doing was she left the country. Uh, Italy was a safe haven for Colombian narco's back then, um, and so she was. Uh, some people basically uh, opened the doors of their house to her, and, and she moved there. I came back to the states. I was supposed to stay with some friends that were going to take care of me, but um, they were in the same business. So probably a couple, two, three months into being there, I realized that I was going to fall back into the same, this um, functionality. And so I decided to uh, leave and I, I, was, you know, for ironically at the age of 14, I was homeless in the streets of New York for 14 months.
0: Wow. Okay. You notice I didn't interrupt at all, right? <laughs> yeah. So BC Nation I asked JT a simple question. Tell us something personal about you that very few people in your business life know. And he just unloaded a storm-sized story about what he grew up in. We don't get to choose where we start. We only get to choose where we finish. And talk about what a horrific story of, you know, your upbringing, bro, like that sucks, man, that you didn't get a choice in the matter as a kid, right? And then at 14 years old, you're homeless on the streets of New York after everything you went through along the way, getting dragged from country to country, exposed to probably horrific things in that type of culture. Um, so let's, wow, you threw me off there. Okay. So this is good how did you first experience God? Like, take us through that. So you're 14 years old yeah. and maybe this happened many years later or it happened at yeah. that age.
1: No, It happened many years later. I, I So the reason I, I gave you that background was because that dysfunctionality and the traumas and all the situations I had from my childhood and my adolescence really didn't, they were dormant. I mean, all those challenges were dormant and they were dormant because I had the blessing of being able to, I was a great soccer player. Um, in my 14 months of being homeless, uh, what kept me actually alive was the fact that I was a good soccer player. I joined the team. Uh, the coach there really took me under his wing. He allowed me to, to stay with some of the teammates and they fed me and they gave me cleats and they gave me clothes and they gave me, you know, the the basic stuff that I needed to survive. Um, and then from there, at, you know at, at, as on my the I my birthday's April 30th um shortly after my 17th birthday I went over to Spain to play professional soccer I was scout a scout saw me in New York City playing in a tournament uh, went out there to play in Spain in Zaragoza north of Spain and uh had I mean my my dream come true and got to do a lot of cool things and so the reason I say it was all my traumas were dormant was because so much great, so 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 many great things were happening in my life that I I wasn't I was I was distracted completely. I I, I put all that stuff in the background and I was just kind of living up my dream. Um, played there for three years, then went to Mexico to Guadalajara uh, to play on a team called Techos. It was just I was having a, I was having a blast. I was hanging out with people that I used to watch on TV. I, you know, they were my teammates. I was traveling with these guys. I was getting to see different countries do different things and, and my dream came true and so everything was cool until my I had an injury at 24 that took me out of the game came back to the US and um, ended up here in Tampa Florida my aunt lives here so the idea was to finish school and then go back to Miami and get a job and and that was gonna be that but uh, you know in nine months of uh, nine months of depression after my uh, career ended. I didn't know what I was going to do with myself. I had been groomed to be a professional soccer player and I thought my career would end at, you know, my thirties, late thirties or, or somewhere around there, but not 24. I wasn't expecting retirement at 24. So I came back to Tampa, nine months of depression. Um, quick, quick, uh, just long, long story short, I bumped into a guy in my building who who used to always carry a book on his arm. And, and the interesting thing about this guy is that this guy was always stoned. And I couldn't understand how this guy who was always stoned uh, could read a book. And I hadn't yet read a book, you know, besides the stuff that, that you have to read in school, right? So I was curious. So I went up to him and I said, hey, man, what are you reading? And uh, just like this, he said, oh, man, you're going to love this. This is going to change your life. He says, you have seven days to read this book. So I take the book and it was a book. It was a personal development book. And the, the title was Awaken the Giant Within 400 Pages. He said, you have seven days. I devoured it in four days and uh you know i i i was I, I was brought up catholic i went to catholic school growing up private school growing up but um you know back then i was just a kid and it just wasn't relevant in my life so for the very first time this book that was basically uh humanism right uh, which humanism says if you give me enough money and give me enough time i'll make it happen gave me kind of the idea that you know what i can i can uh i can take my life by the horns again i can do whatever i want and i and I've always been very goal-oriented, so my goal was to do better than than I than, than I had done in soccer. So I wanted to, you know, to to, uh, to to my first business. It was a 400 square foot gym here in uh, South Tampa. Had a lot of success there. A couple of years later, expanded. Things were going well for me financially. I thought I had arrived. Um, and like a man of the world, with no no kind of orientation or mentorship or anything. Um, you know, when the man of the world gets a couple of bucks, he goes into the world to party. And, and so that's when all those demons from my adolescence or my, 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 you know, my childhood and and adolescence came out. And so I started drinking and I was, I had this void inside of me. I I didn't know what it was because I had everything everyone was telling me. I, I, you know, I needed in order to be happy. I had the cars, I had the house, I, I had a pretty, good, you know, savings account. Um, things were going well. I had rental properties. My my gym was doing awesome yet. I felt this, this, uh, incredible void. I would feel this void inside of me. So, I, um, uh, like I said, I, I got addicted to drugs in that, that process. I was dating a girl. Um, I had been dating her for five years. I thought I was going to marry her. Her family became my family. One day she got up and left me. And, uh, three weeks later she was out taking pictures with her new boyfriend and, and, uh, St. John's and I was devastated. You know, I lost her, I lost the family. Uh, Shortly after that, I had been drinking pretty heavily. i would gotten addicted to uh, Adderall. Um, Adderall's for ADHD. I don't have ADHD. So what it does, what it did to me, it was just speed me up. So I'd have, you know, I'd pop four or five of those pills and have uh, tons of alcohol. And, and, uh, and I loved it because I I could drink as much as I wanted and I wouldn't get wasted. Uh, But one day I woke up and my heart was skipping a beat, literally skipping a beat. So um, didn't pay much attention to it, went to work. That morning, one of my doctor uh, clients walked in. I said, hey, I'm feeling a little weird. Can you take my pulse? He said, man, I took my pulse. He said, man, it feels a little weird. Go into a walk-in clinic and see what, what's going on. Run into this walk-in clinic. They uh, uh, do all this, the, to put all the machines on me, the doctor runs in and says, you're having the beginning of a heart attack. I said, What? He said, he said, yeah, you, uh, you have what we call holiday heart. He says, have you been drinking? And I said, doc, it's Wednesday. <laughs> so uh, I, you know, I've been three days since I had gotten, you know, pretty, uh, pretty wasted. Uh, and so went into TGH, Tampa General Hospital. Um, doctors came in and said I had what, uh, what we call atrial fibrillation, atrial flutter in my heart. So a problem in the upper chambers of my heart, completely self-inflicted. So here I'm, I'm, I'm laying in this bed and, um, the doc, the doctors come in and say, you can never drink again. Uh, you know, you you can have tons of complications. And so in my humanistic uh, way of thinking, very stoic, I was like, this is exactly what I needed. Um, you know, I'm never going to drink again. So I went home and two weeks later I was, uh, I was, uh, I mean, I was even worse. I was, I was drinking more. I was, I literally wanted to take myself out.
0: Um, So JT, I'm going to jump in and pause you right there. Why do you think it didn't work for you? You have this near death experience, right? You're about to have a heart attack and die at a young age. You realize what's causing it. You make a decision, you declare, well, I'm never doing this again. I'm stopping. And then two weeks later, you're out and you're doing worse. What what do you think was missing?
1: Yeah, that was a great question. That's a great question. So I've always been very disciplined, right? I grew up with this disciplined gene where I can get up early, I can work out, I can do all these things. So I would literally tell myself as a man of the world, I'm not going to drink anymore. And I wouldn't drink for three months. Um, I, I could literally cut things cold turkey, but I would always default back into my normal settings because I understand now that whatever the man of the world tries to suppress will come out tenfold. And it's, o- it's only through the power of the Holy Spirit that he, where he renews you and, and, and keeps you strong and, Actually, you know, uh, makes my without being judgmental, but when I smell alcohol, it, it makes my stomach turn. Um, so which, how'd you
0: get to that point? Let's skip some yeah. bridges here.
1: Sure. So so get out of the hospital. I'm drinking. I'm doing all these things. And one Sunday morning, I wake up and I'm uh, I'm suicidal. Right. I, I I'm hungover. I'm depressed. I'm writing this letter to my sister, giving her all my passwords, telling her I'm going to check out. And uh, this guy that I had uh, bumped into the, in, in the elevator, uh, of my building a couple of times, maybe a handful of times, he just struck me as a genuine guy.
0: This is the stoner with the book?
1: No, no, no. This is now in another building I'm living in.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah.
1: And so um, genuine guy, good looking guy, you know, good looking dude. He has a beautiful wife and uh, you know, he always just struck me as a, as a genuine, nice person, you know, and, and, and I, interestingly enough, I would bump into him on Saturday nights. I was on my way to the club to get faded. And he was coming back from church with a Bible under his arm. And it was just, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't understand. I'm like, man, you know, put that Bible down, let's go party. And he would laugh and he'd he'd say, you know, no, man, I I left that life behind a long time ago. You should come to church with me sometime.
0: All right. So let me jump in right there because I want to share something that just jumped out to me. Right. So your first apartment building, right. You got the stoner guy with a book, Awaken the Giant Within. Then at this apartment, you got a guy walking around with a bigger book, which is how to awaken the giant within, right? By surrendering your life to God, right? So this is really powerful stuff. So I really want you to jump forward, fast forward, right? Because I don't want to run out of time with you sharing your great story here. And I could tell you, you know how to talk, right? So that's awesome. (laughs) Um, when did you first experience God? And when I ask this, I mean, when did you experience him in a tangible way in your life? Not just because you were raised Catholic. So you were raised with knowing about God, but when did you come to know him and you were like, boom, game changer, hit the heart, you shifted everything.
1: Yeah. So that day I'm writing this letter. And this guy, Alex, he pops into my mind, the guy that I had bumped into a, a couple of times in the elevator. I call him and I said, hey, brother, I don't, I don't know what you can do for me, but I don't think I have another day in me. So he comes out, he sits in front of me, he tells me, let me tell you what God's doing in my life. And I said, nah, so you're gonna have to hit me with something else because I don't believe in God. At this point, I, I didn't believe in God. So he stood up straight and, and he said, uh, well, God is all I have for you. And I said, okay, I said, well, you know, how, what does that mean? How, how do you do that? He says, well, what are you doing tonight? I said, "Well, I was going to kill myself, but if you have better plans, let's go do that." So uh, he invited me to a church down over by Van Dyke. Uh, it was this beautiful, modern, uh, beautiful church. Nothing like I had ever seen before. I'd never, I'd never been to a church like that before. Walked in and saw two things I loved, Starbucks and, and beautiful women. So I said, man, I said, if this is Jesus, I'm in. Walked in. The pastor that day was talking about the book of Job. It hit me like a lightning bolt. Uh, the service was over. I looked at my buddy. I said, all right, let's go. He said, let's go up to the prayer team. Went up to this guy, young-looking, innocent-looking guy. He says, what are we praying for? And I said, man, I've been doing drugs, hanging out with strippers. I've been up for two days. I want to kill myself. I don't believe in God, and I have no idea why I'm here. The guy took a deep breath. He said, close your eyes, and started praying for me. I continued to rationalize and think, man, I've really hit the bottom of the barrel. And then I just started to sweat profusely. Um, and the way I describe it is I literally felt like I had gotten electrocuted, okay? This guy is praying. I don't even know what he's praying, but whatever he's praying, you know, I I have this moment where I just, I start bawling. Okay. I said, literally start bawling. Now, if you know anything about me, I'm not an emotional guy. I'll 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 I'll, uh, I'll cry in front of my wife, my mom, but not in front of a stranger. So I'm breaking down here. And, um, you know, it was interesting because I had experienced happiness in the world, but what I was experiencing was not happiness. It was actually joy. and I had never felt joy in my life. I had no theological background whatsoever yet. What I was understanding at the time was, I love you. I love you. I don't judge you. You're going to be new. You're a new person. This is what I was, I wasn't hearing this audibly. This was in my heart. And I felt so much peace. I felt like a 2,000-pound gorilla had to come off my shoulders. Walked out of that church that day, dropped the drugs, the alcohol, stopped chasing women. Um, started to really want to to, to just focus on family. I started seeing kids differently. I used to make fun of guys pushing strollers, right? I, I never wanted that for myself. Now my wife I have to fight my wife off the stroller. And so that was my very, my very first time. It was such a, you know, I always say for me, it wasn't anything someone said. It was literally experiencing God in a tangible way. And all these things in my life, all these vices just falling off without me having to discipline myself or anything.
0: You know, JT, I say this so often to uh, people when I do spiritual coaching is until you experience God in your life in a tangible way, there is nothing I can say. There's nothing anyone can that anyone can say to make you stop doing the poor behavior you were raised with, right? Your default switch, we all have it. And it's that broken humanity in us that we keep going back to. So you have to get to a place of such brokenness where you hit rock bottom, you were at the point of ending your life. You were there, in order for us to fully have emptied ourselves out of ourself, so that God can enter in and we experience Him in that tangible way and say, "I'm done. Like I'm tapped out. Like Lord, take over my life. I there's nothing left." Right. right. So it's so awesome that you got to that point, um, BC Nation. If that is what you want, if JT's story is is inspiring to you as it is to me. And so many parts of JT's story is my story. Uh, so I'm really connected with some of the language you're using and everything. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, that's literally how I describe it <laughs> so when I was there. And this happened. If you're resonating with JT right now, and you want more, and you have never experienced God in a tangible way, like right in your heart, not in your head, but in your heart, then you literally have to break further and i know it's going to suck it really is but but pray pray to god and say god like show me how much you love me like remove me of me like show up in my life bottom me out i want to experience you in a real way. I don't want this lukewarm, just go through the motions, go to church on Sunday, or don't go to church at all because I don't believe you because you haven't been there in my life or you took my, my, my parent or you took my whatever and I don't understand why you would do that. Any of that, just surrender it all, right? And this is what it looks like. So JT, I wanna fast forward now to JT right now, not man of the world, but man of God. What's going on in your life? What is God doing in your life right now? What does He have you called to? Yeah, yeah. And how much does it scare you?
1: <laughs> yeah. So um, I took a two-year sabbatical after my my uh, coming to Christ. Uh, it was my desert time. God stripped me from everything that I had. Uh, you know, crutches uh, in, in the world, money, people, influence, all these things. Focused on His Word. He gave me a ministry in the in the midst of those two years. Um, I had left, I sold my gym because I thought it was a superficial way to bring glory to God. Uh, so I wanted to just go straight into ministry. Um, in the midst of those two years in prayer, God in my heart spoke and said, you had a ministry and you let it go. And I, you know, I, had, I hadn't worked in two years. I said, well, God, you know, that's great, but I don't have the money to go back into it. He said, I'll provide. So in those two years I got married. My wife came with her savings. Friends came out of the woodworks and, uh, you know, uh, I borrowed money from them and the, the whole idea was that this, that, that I was to come back into the fitness industry and that this was to be a lighthouse for him. I had no idea how I was going to do that because in my mind, I th- still thought that this was a very superficial way to bring glory to God. I mean, I know people want to get abs, but Jesus, you know, and so
0: uh, I said, all right, God, I'm just, you
1: know, I'm going to take a leap of faith and, and you do your thing. I'll do my thing. I'll just show up.
0: So JT, you're selling Jesus abs at yeah. your, your gym, man. <laughs> Who doesn't want Jesus abs?
1: Come exactly. on. Exactly. So uh, uh, yeah, man, we started this ministry. Uh, we, we borrowed all the money. We paid everyone off within within less than a year. Um, by the grace of God, we've been profitable, but not just profitable. The, the amazing things that we've seen here in five years, we have a running joke here. We say we lead more people to the Lord doing squats and lunges than most churches any Sunday and 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 the reason for that is because it's relational discipleship it's a very it's a non-threatening environment if you come in here you see scripture uh, our coaches uh, if you open that door they're going to go through it but we respect people we have we have muslims we have jews we have people of all faiths that come here and they realize that the way that we show up in the world as christians is simply serving loving on people and 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 meeting people where they are and so uh, you can interview any of uh we have 90 something clients now and they'll all tell you they've never felt like we've pushed religion on them. Uh, but they'll, they'll say, you know, what the fruits of being here have been. And, and for a lot of them, it's not just getting healthy. It's actually coming, getting closer to God.
0: So JT, let me ask you this, because I see in your marketing, I'm on your website right now and BC nation. If you're here in Tampa, you can find JT at fit method, the number four, one, three, four, com. So that's fit Method. 413.com and on your your marketing your marketing collateral you're very transparent about your christian beliefs right you got jesus you got you know 413 you you got all these biblical references going on how did you come to terms with uh, like putting that out into the world without the fear of One being criticized, and two repelling people that don't resonate with that message. When you need cash flow and you need to pay the bills, so go there for literally sixty seconds.
1: Yeah. So, um, you know, number one, I believe that God is my sole provider, not man. Um, You know, I was a man inside of the pit of hell, like walking towards the pit of hell in the in the mouth of the lion. God rescued me from that. And so my zeal and my passion come from there. I mean, I wouldn't be here speaking to you today had not been for God. And so very much like when you see military guys that have been in combat and they, they, they find a buddy back home, they become best friends. I just became God's best friend. God became my best friend. And and uh, that's what you do for your best friend. You just, you just brag about him.
0: Got it. So how did you wrestle? Um, because of, this is an important conversation, building faith into your business. How do you wrestle the financial side of the business? And you got to make cash flow, but you don't want to turn off prospective clients who may not resonate with the message or bragging about your best friend, Jesus.
1: Yeah, yeah, we we, we get thrown under the bus a lot for being Christians. We've had people walk in here and walk right back out. We've had people hand us checks to, for an entire year, uh, you know, 3000 bucks. here. I want to sign up for the entire year for private training and nutrition, et cetera, et cetera. And then they'll look around and say, oh, you guys are faith-based. And we go, yeah, you guys are Christians. And we'll say, yeah, we're, we're Christians. And they'll say, well, I need my money back because I can't train here. And we, you know, we would, with no problem, we give them their money back. And uh, you know, it's funny because yeah, you know, for, for a good three to five seconds, you kind re, of retract a little bit and you go, wow, if, am I being too intense? Am I missing out? But it's that reminder of the Holy spirit that, God is not my provider, or people are not my provider. God is my provider, right? And so when, when I've grasped that idea so well, that I, I, that's why I can stand firmly for what I believe. And I, and we, we believe that more people, that we're being blessed and more people are coming through our door because God is bringing them here. And so our marketing plan is Jesus, right? Um, and like I said, we've been here now for five years. We've been profitable since day one. We've never struggled. Bible says my seed We'll, ne- we'll never beg for food. And we certainly haven't done that. We've, we've, uh, we've thrived in, 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 in a busy environment. We have over 30 gyms in a five mile radius. <laughs> so, so uh, you know, it, it's been interesting. It's just been interesting. It's just, you know, uh, leaning on God and knowing that He's going to take care of us. And, and uh, He's never let us down. And I know He never will.
0: All right. So, speak to me about the human side of you. When yeah. do you doubt? When do you doubt Jesus or when do you doubt God in your business? Like he's not there and like you question it and you're like, ah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So the great question. So we, we, we thought by now we'd have five locations in the Tampa Bay area. That hasn't happened, right? There's been many, many, many challenges yet. We've seen people in our same line of work, uh, Excel, you know, like just open up different locations and you stand there going you know, what's going on here? Like we're doing all the right things.
0: Why are they getting blessed and not me when I serve the creator of the universe? That's a real question.
1: Yeah. And so three things, right. That I I learned through just, you know, getting in scripture, asking this question, those three things were the man of God needs to learn uh, spirituality, humility and faith. Right. And it's in those three things when we're held back, when we think we're being held back that we're learning right we're learning uh we're learning to lean on God we're learning to live by faith, and when we're learning to to be humble because ultimately God will exalt the humble right he says his word says that he will exalt the humble and so we're learn we're in that process of learning and just because the world excels doesn't mean we're being held back our blessings come in in many different ways material ways too, but most importantly god's interested in those three things and so Um, In those moments of doubts uh, and then they've come they've come in many times where we maybe we should change our marketing. Maybe we should do this. Maybe, you know, maybe we're just uh, because we're carrying the Christian flag. Maybe we're being held back. All those thoughts come to mind. But, you know, being in consistent prayer and understanding that this was birthed by God, um, you know, uh, you just keep going. You keep going strong. But, you know, the thoughts definitely come in from time to time.
0: What do you do with the thoughts? Like, I know you take it to scripture and you know, you got the spirituality, humility, faith, and you remind yourself and you check those boxes, but then what do you do with it? Those thoughts inside of your own head?
1: Yeah. Well, I have this amazing, uh, (laughs) I have this amazing woman of God at home that keeps me in check, you know, and she really is my sounding board. And when she hears me come home with negativity and things aren't just going our way and someone just walked out because we were Christians, you know, she just, she just put, she's a, you know, hot-blooded Colombian woman. So she puts me in check and, uh,
0: oh, man, you
1: know, she'll call me out. She's like, you know, or is, is this real for you? Or is this just like a little gimmick? What, you know, and she'll call me out and I'm like, Whoa,
0: <laughs> how does that land for you?
1: Yeah. I, I, you know, um, <laughs> let's just say we have some interesting conversations, but, uh, um, it, it's great, man. It's just great to have someone there that's aligned with you she's my business partner she's my wife she's my friend and, and uh it's just incredible to 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 be in ministry with your wife um because it's it's very much like it's very much like a match right you light a match and if you bring and if you blow it out you right away you bring another match right next to it it's gonna it's gonna light it up and that's what she does when my light goes out she lights me up and vice versa and we just keep each other accountable
0: that's powerful I'm glad I asked those questions. Yeah, for sure. Right? Because that opened up some more stuff there, right? Because it's easy to look good on the outside, especially as a man of faith, and to say, oh, I trust in God. Everything's good. It's just working. And then it's like you dig in and you're like, yeah. But what do you do when the, you know, someone walks out with $3,000 that you def, uh, desperately needed in your cash flow right? yeah. because you're a man of God? Like, what do you do with those thoughts? Right? Because those are real, dude. I'll tell you right now with my co-working spaces here in Tampa, I'm wrestling with this, dude. Yeah. Like, I don't put God into all my Christian marketing, yet I'm standing for um, building faith into your business. I just do it privately. And I don't put it out there. And I've literally been sitting with the idea of doing it more like what you're doing. And I ran it past one or two of my clients, and I said, "And they're Christians." And I was like, "What do you think about this?" And they're like, "Wow, that's a bold move. (laughs) I'd I'd be really concerned. You know, how many people you're going to repel, Joseph? And would it really be worth for the amount you're going to repel how many you may attract or may not?"
1: Yeah. What would you
0: say to them or to uh, me in that?
1: what i'll say to that is that there for us it's not just i mean it sounds bad when you say it's, a, it's we have our jesus marketing plan but honestly you know you're never going to be put to shame by putting his name out there it's it's just not going to happen like if it's one of two things either the bible is is lying or you know or or man is right for saying that you know by you know having all their gimmicky marketing and all their uh, you know, persuasiveness, that that's going to work and that that's going to elevate. If we truly believe that the God that created the heavens and the earth is in control of everything and we're in the marketplace being the light, I mean, there's just no way in the world that you're not going to be blessed. You're going to be challenged for sure. And there, there, there will be moments where you, when you know, your faith is really, really tested. But if you stand firm, like I say to most people, when I'm discipling people, a second in the Bible is never a lost second. You're never gonna, you're never gonna waste your time in business or in life when you're, when you're standing up for, for the Lord. You're, it's just not gonna happen. And, and we're, we have, we're proof of that. I mean, our, our P&L statements are proof of that. And we're very generous to people. We're a ministry. So we have people that walk through this door and say, we can't afford your prices. So we say, what well, can you afford? We don't turn people back for money. And so we're here to serve. We're here to be a light. And, and that alone, um, you know, uh, speaks volumes to people. And so, um, but we don't do it to, to, to bring them in here gimmickly. That's just what's on God. God's put on our heart. You know, it's a relationship, not, not a transaction.
0: Powerful stuff. Our marketing plan is Jesus, right? That's what JT is sharing with you. So BC nation, what a great show. And I let it run over, run over a few minutes here because I really wanted to dig into that. What does it actually look like to build faith into your business? Not just the woman fuzzies when everything is going right, but what does it look like when everything is hitting the fan, right? When you got you to make payroll, you got cash flow that is desperately needed and that person walks out of your business because they were turned off because you're a Christian, because you're a believer. Like what is that like for you, right? Because that's the cross. That's the cross that Jesus asked us to take up daily. And JT's doing it in the marketplace. So high five, my brother. Really well done. All right. So JT, this is my favorite part of the show. Welcome to the confession round. Sure. You like that, right? <laughs> yeah, that's good. Yeah, you're Catholic, right? There you go. All right. So I'm going to ask you 12 quick fire questions. You'll have about three seconds to answer each. It's just for fun. Are you ready, sir? Sure. All right. JT, what's your favorite sound?
1: My favorite sound? Mm-hmm. Uh, music,
0: you mean? Favorite sound.
1: Oh, okay. Um, I, I, I like worship music.
0: Got it. What's your least favorite sound?
1: Uh, hard rock.
0: <laughs> got it. What are you most afraid of?
1: Ooh, going back into the world.
0: <laughs> mm. What did you spend way too much time doing in your 20s? Uh,
1: chasing shiny things.
0: Yeah, I got it. What secret fear do you have about people? Hypocrisy. What do you wish you had learned sooner about God?
1: How powerful He is.
0: Hmm. What do you wish you were better at?
1: Guys, uh, <laughs> uh, I guess. Uh, I guess not. Not being judgmental.
0: Yeah. Thank you for that. That was real. Yeah. I saw you wrestling to get yeah. that out. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't want to look bad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What uh, dream are you secretly scared of pursuing?
1: Full-time industry.
0: Got that. What's a new habit you want to form?
1: Uh, being a better friend.
0: What's a bad habit you want to break?
1: Eating a pint of ice cream every Sunday. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Got it. What's a new habit? Sorry, you threw me off there. Pick three words to describe who you are now.
1: A man who loves Christ.
0: Pick three words to describe who you are before you experienced God in your life.
1: Getting loose with the goose. That's great.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Got it. And last question, JT, if you could come back to life after you died, look your family, your friends, your wife, your child in the eyes and tell them only one piece of advice. What would you say to them?
1: Follow Christ.
0: Follow Christ. Two simple words, BC nation. All right. Any final wisdom? What's the one thing you want my listener to know about having a relationship with God versus not?
1: Well, can you repeat that question?
0: Yes. What is the one thing you want my listener to know about having a relationship with God versus not having one kind of like you and I in our former days?
1: Yeah. And so um, the difference between happiness and joy, the world has happiness. The people that carry the Holy spirit in them have joy and that joy comes not through religion, comes through a personal real relationship with a living God. And when you embrace that, Everything in life is better.
0: And why should they want joy versus happiness? Happiness sounds good.
1: Happiness fades away. Happiness is dependent on your outer circumstances. Joy lives in you. There's no outer circumstance that's going to change it or you just have joy. You You have constant joy, even in the face of adversity.
0: Love it. All right. We were listening with, we're joining, we're being uh, in this conversation With JT Tapias, and you can find him at fitmethod413.com. That's fitmethod413.com. JT, I really pray that God keeps blessing your business, blessing your family, um, you know, because you're showing up in the world and putting them first, and that's awesome. Uh, What's the best way for BC Nation to get in touch with you, should they choose?
1: Yeah, uh, so, you know, fitmethod413.com, or our number here is uh, 8420302
0: Repeat that again?
1: 8138420302
0: I asked you to repeat it cuz people never listen the first time, right?
1: <laughs> All
0: right JT, thanks for joining us today and I wish you uh the blessings of God the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit, my friend.
1: Amen. I receive it. Thank you, brother.
0: BC Nation, you cannot show up authentically in your life without building faith in your business.